to participate in covert operations, to help run drugs to fund these operations, and to assassinate security risks. Mir Bravado, or was McVeigh telling the truth? The FBI had put wiretaps on the McVeigh family's phone after the bombing. So I'm reading this conversation back and forth between his mother and his sister. There's actually a few of these conversations where they say, we don't understand why the FBI won't listen to us and why the media is reporting that Timothy McVeigh washed out or dropped out of special forces. They're saying, no, we, we were told that he was still active in the military and that he was working on these covert missions. It's Jose Galison. You're watching No Way Jose. You can find me on No Way Jose YouTube channel, all the major auto packages in Aussie as well. Today it's for Bony Boys, baby. Bony Boys, Pony Boys, my goddamn fucking stupid list to get in the way today. Uh, do want to let you guys know, typically most of my content uh, goes behind the paywall, get released later. These ones do not. For Pony Boys go live. Uh, so, you know, that's how that, that works, you know. Do with that what you will. Uh, patrons, uh, patreon.com, no way Jose 2020. Lowest levels, two bucks. Highest levels, 20. Those are my sponsors. My sponsors, Mikel Thorpe of the Expat Money Show. Jeremy has an Etsy store at etsy.com slash shop slash raising liberty. Follow me on Twitter at Jeremy Rhymes. And also my co host, Toad uh, from Tower Gang at Tower Gang Toad. Uh, also, go check out Tower Gang if you like offensive comedy. That might be your thing. And then Zach Overacker at Z O V E R A C K on Twitter. And with that uh, done hawking my wares, let's get the fucking homies in here. What's up, Top? You ready for this? I'm ready. I like the bony boys thing. We should yeah, just the bony do that boys. Instead. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was trying to talk too fast. <laughs> fucking. All right. Let's get Glenn here. What's up, my dude? If I if I lose any more weight, then maybe Poso will stop calling me fat. And then I can be the bony boys with you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I was saying for a different reason, but you know. I'm a long way from bon- bony, but let's get the... Oh, shit. Hey, you just said you can't hear us. Just got a text. No, you did we lose the audio now? What the fuck? It was working a minute ago. All right, let's riff until I don't know if he wants to jump out and come back in. Or can you can't hear can't, me at he all? You can't hear us to do it. Yeah, let, let's type it to him. <laughs> yeah. Uh okay. Uh I'll type it. Yeah, there we go. This is all <laughs> it's great. We were working a minute ago. I don't know what happened. Oh, 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 oh. Any, all right. Well, any questions in the chat while we wait? <laughs> all right. Uh, yeah. I, uh, well, okay. I just fucking, just so you guys know, I threw that specific little edit in there. That's from Tim Tuttle, my buddy on Twitter. Uh, I threw that in there just because I figured having Shane Cashman, he's big into the conspiracy stuff. So I figured I'd uh, bring up the kookiest part of the conspiracy with the whole fucking OKC thing, which is oh, I'm hearing sound. Well, sound over there on this side, so that's good. It's a good sign. I'm uh, back. But yeah, I, right, I brought up that edit because uh, that one is like probably one of the craziest aspects. That is a legit thing. 
Timothy McVeigh to his defense attorneys and also to his family members, and I believe some inmates that he was in there with. But his his story was always that he was essentially some sort of fucking covert ops motherfucker. But it always seemed to be officially on the record because uh, he got defense, different defense attorney later, and his story changed with them to where it was the official narrative. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, one of the wild things about it. He could have been a compulsive liar, so I always try to caveat that. Like, but the sources are there. He did say that shit. So <clears throat> do with that what you will. <laughs> my, my personal opinion, he he was probably not. Um, I think that his my just my read. I, I had Richard Booth on my show last night for those that haven't got a chance to watch it. Um, it just came out today. So most people probably haven't seen it yet. Uh, but basically what I concluded is that like McVeigh was probably a really radicalized piece of shit. And he was trying to get vengeance for Waco and and he got it. But he was also working with um, embedded I think either FBI, I think probably FBI and CIA involvement. And like my read of it is that it was domestic gladios. So like the CIA actually wanted this to happen. The FBI was investigating it simultaneously. And once it happened, the FBI essentially covered up because Mm -hmm. it wasn't supposed to go off. Like it wasn't actually supposed to be a a successful attack. The CIA made it so because that's what they wanted. And then the FBI covered it up because they were their hands were dirty and they were involved in it. It's a fucking crazy story, man. And I know I sound totally nuts to have that be my read, but that's well, my read is even more nuts. And it's actually from paying attention to the sources and stuff. Uh, like I said, I do caveat that uh, that the sources that he was a sheep dipped only comes from McVeigh, but it was to so many people. And if you corroborate with other stuff going on, I lean towards that being the case. But if it's not the case, but like exactly what Clint believes, I think is also could be the case. But mine just goes a step further to where I think he might've been in on it. Uh, but you know, like if that's not the case and whatever, it's, we're still in the same place, you know, if like he, to what I, mean, Clint said. He, I think that like, there's a very obvious rejoinder to your countervailing thesis to my own. Why would they put a CIA agent to death? <laughs> well, I, I, I think it was more just that he served his purpose and, and I don't know. I feel like there's probably differing levels, but, but you know, I know we were kind of riffing cause, just cause, uh, he, he ditched off, but I'll let Shane give us intro. It's glad, glad to have you here. How you Yo. doing, man? Yo, but real quick though, that thinking about about all that stuff makes me think about what would have happened with the Governor Whitmer situation if they've mm. carried that out the way they had planned. I don't know if you followed that case at all, but they had like lot, helicopter yeah. stuff and island, and it seemed like they were going to sacrifice people or you know sacrifice people. <laughs> so you know who knows what they they're willing. They're capable of anything. Yeah. So. yeah, that was all the feds though. I've covered that quite a bit, and like from what I've seen, like the the actual real people involved, they didn't do a damn thing but run their mouth off. Like right, it. and they Wasn't weren't even like making plans. It was basically twelve feds, feds yeah. and yeah. like two or three real, real people. Yeah, but I think like I think the handfuls. the point that Shane's making is that perhaps that was their intention was to get some radicals that might actually do some crazy yeah. shit and go right. after Whitmer, and then then oh, yeah. you know, have the same kind of response that you got after OKC, where yeah. you know the domestic war on terror really picks up steam. Well, they could yeah, have like, used that against the people, you know, the American people being like at the time where they're saying half this country are domestic terrorists look at this person perfect example of what we're talking about now we're going to clamp down on everybody and take more rights away and then you're extra fucked yeah they're, do- they're doing that right now i mean did you see the view that that clip of the view uh, they, i don't they were think i did about so yeah tucker carlson showed the uh, january 6th thing of the yep. buffalo dude being escorted through you know through the halls yep. and they were like should this be allowed is this like promoting domestic terrorism like, is this terrorism itself? It's like he literally showed you like like surveillance footage. That's all yeah. he did. Nope. He's not lying. That's too much. Like, it's, cr- it's, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Too much. So, 
just showing you actual truth, actual evidence is to them terrorism. Well, and and what's really wild about it is like the opening segment, Tucker goes like, we hate violence, we hate vandalism, we hate rioting. Like, and and that happened on that day too. Like he Mm -hmm. he he makes it very clear. He's not saying everyone there was innocent. He's saying that there were innocent people who had their civil liberties stripped. And the fucking every single other person on the mainstream news and the view and all that garbage, they all just truncate it. They they pull like him just explaining and just showing this new footage and and they try and paint it in the most evil picture uh or evil way imaginable they i'm telling you guys like after seeing that the portrayal of what tucker carlson did and then seeing the hearings on capitol hill today where you have democratic uh representatives that are just demolishing or attempting to i should say mm-hmm. uh schellenberger and taibbi I, mm-hmm. I hope i hope you guys got to see some of those clips because it just was but yeah, so un-American, dude. Yeah, it was insane. Are you so surprised? They, they wanted them to disclose their fucking sources within Twitter. They're asking journalists to disclose their soul yep. sources. Yep. Motherfuckers. Because they they see journalism as the thing that as like an arm of their own yes. you know, gang. So you know, journalism should not be that. But they're so used to it, it doesn't even seem weird to them to talk to a journalist exactly. like that. Exactly. Right, Shane. I'm so glad you pointed that out because that's exactly what my takeaway was. I was like, these people are so out of control and so confident in their omnipotence that they will just tell you fucking on national TV Mm -hmm. that like, give us your source. It's like, what the fuck are you doing? You can't even (laughs) keep up the the facade for an hour? Like, god damn it. Hey, Shane, in your book, uh, your books that are coming out, which is the inverted world? Like the the woo-woo stuff or the one we're living in now? Because sometimes yeah, uh, it fucking feels like that. It, no, I think we are. In the, I think, yeah, no, I think we are in the inverted world. The inverted world, it kind of goes along with what I was telling you guys last time about the simulation theories. Like those competing realities that corporate media and the governments have all created that are laid on top of this reality, you know, that creates what feels like the inverted world to all of us. But we could also say interdimensional, you know, demons and, you know, aliens and ghosts, whatever you want to call it. That's a part of it, too. But, uh, yeah, I think we are in the inverted world. And the further we go into the future, the more, like, inverted inside out it gets. Uh, and that, like, after watching the, the tapes that Tucker released, it's so funny to think about those competing realities. Because now I'm transported back to watching January 6th with my – she was – my grandma was about to be 90 – my grandma had spent all her life voting red or blue, kind of depending on the person. And But when Trump came around, she believed he was a monster. She believed everything NBC was telling her. So we were watching January 6th happen together, and we were watching two completely different realities take place. I'm watching some people be you know, assholes or some vandalism, blah, 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 blah. She's watching a zombie apocalypse, and, <laughs> but we're right next to each other. And we're having completely different interpretations. So I, I you know, she's, she's uh, passed away about a year ago. But I was thinking about her today, thinking about those tapes being released, wondering if they'd even change her mind, you know, yeah. as I don't think I, I honestly, it's, she was a genius, one of my biggest heroes in my life. But I don't think even seeing actual evidence after spending years of hating Trump based on the caricature of the news created, nothing would change her mind. I know, you know, we all know a lot of people like that. Yeah, this is what this is why I like the and I've been pushing the OKC thing so much. A lot of people think I'm yeah. like crazy about it, but I feel like it's almost like a Trojan horse to slip into people because there is so much there. And any semi reasonable person who digs into stuff will be like, holy crap, there's fuckery afoot. Mm-hmm. So it's like and it's something that's a little bit back in the past. So I think a lot of people 
especially now that we've kind of got a sort of like a, a mainstream, uh, you know, CNN covered it. It's like you can might be able to slip this into the people, the masses and kind mm-hmm. of get them on that. And especially like the angles I'm shooting for with like geeky and trying to do like yep. the people who got suicided. Like you almost can write a narrative, like a, a story that will like tug yes. at people's heartstrings. And then they just it just so happens to tie into this larger story. of That's the path. Craziness. Like yeah. you're right. That's the path, because, you know, it's easier to tell people about things in the past. Like I, I think last time I was talking about Tuskegee, you know, when I was talking to Ye about Tuskegee and he said uh, America's one big Tuskegee. But for people, when you tell people about Tuskegee or things in the past, they're like, oh, yeah, it's in the past. And it can it's hard for them to believe these things happen now, which they definitely are. But those are like the gateway on a way drugs bigger scale, actually, on a way worse, more nightmarish, apocalyptic scale now. Yeah. But if you can tell them about OKC, tell them about Tuskegee. It will, if they don't already know about it, open up a door to be like, okay, maybe I shouldn't fully trust everything uh, going forward, which is, that's a very good thing. That's a blessing for a lot of people. So I think that's the way to go, man. And props to you. I don't know if I missed it in the beginning, but you got, I'm going to say you got CNN's right about it. So, I mean, maybe we should track, we should track down that journalist and see like how they came to the idea. I, I, I honestly believe it. I I mean, maybe, I I guess I I wouldn't be surprised. This story, this story, like. There was probably little inklings and like maybe they were starting to think about covering it. But I, I swear to God, that clip, the virality of it, like I think that's that was the catalyst. That's, yeah, I'm sticking I to like, the story. Mm-hmm. I'd like to thank Jose because first off, I'm lazy. And if Jose's not pushing me, I'm like uh, most of the time I'm just doing like some drawings. But like he's like, yo, can you when get I, your shirt done though? Like for real though? Get that done and send it out. But when I got into this shit, when I when I started doing this shirt making stuff, it was just shirts. It wasn't any other graphic design. It was specifically to say a message and it was specifically to start a conversation. And mm. that's exactly what this shirt did. Jose went on there with this shirt. And he fucking first thing off the bat, Tim is like, who are you? He's like, well, let me tell you about Terrence Geeky, Tim. And it's Incredible. Like, boom. That's it. That's the whole thing. And that kind of set up this like butterfly effect. It's beautiful to watch. I'm just yeah. sitting yeah. there watching like it all unfolds. It's crazy. I was proud. I was proud. Yeah. It was this is awesome. why I'm trying really hard now to pull the trend to do because it's like CNN. I don't, like I don't know if they did it intentionally. And if I, I, I my thinking is it's like you brought up journalism earlier. And I think we're in this weird era right now where like they're becoming so irrelevant. And so. There is a possibility. I don't want to give myself too much credit, but the very fact that I went on Timcast and mentioned it, it's kind of like now it's gotten to like the heights of like alt media. And mm-hmm. so now they're at a point where like, oh shit, someone might want to cover this. So mm-hmm. we should get ahead of it. And it's like, so they're in this weird kind of catch 22 and like maybe in their head, they're like, well, maybe we can cover it and let it go. But if you have like, say, like I mentioned with the trend dude, which is an other individual in this specific case, you mm-hmm. can bring up, do the exact same thing with him and somehow suck people into it. And now yeah. you have two separate suicides and boom, you know, uh, yep. let me like, make it even, even more wild. Like this is how delusional I am at this point. I see, I see lines that are like verbatim from some of my tweets that are on the news sometimes. Like, not like, wow. not like they pull, not like they pull me up and they put me up or anything, but like yeah. Tucker Carlson has said, has had portions of his monologue that, that look like they were pulled from some of my tweets. And, mm. And I think that, like, as we get more and more reach, like, that Twitter is where the fucking news is actually made. So, yeah, I think that, like, the influence and the impact that we can have is far greater than you would pr- really imagine. <laughs> and it sounds totally egotistical <laughs> to even bring it up, but I'm just being honest. Like, I have no. seen shit that just makes my eyebrows right. raise. You I know? think you're right. I think a lot of those writers, like, I th- I'm sure Tucker has a writer's room that helped craft his monologue, right? Yeah. And I'm sure they're obviously they're on Twitter and they're scouring everything. And, you know, you've got a voice that's out there. People are seeing it a lot and they're, you know, I think it's kind of lame when people pick stuff up and just use it 
but if it inspires them, then that's great. Exactly. Like, I could you care believe for- in the message. Yeah, and throw yeah. it out there. That's great. But I'm also part of me. If they credit the me, ego, the ego part of me is like, come on, give me, <laughs> give me a shout out. But that hasn't happened to me yet. So, yeah, but I yeah, think yeah. that's, but that's definitely happening without it. Well, doubt. hey, if it like for me, it's always about the ideas. So, I, and yep. I, I know Jose feels the same way. Like if yep. Terrence Yiki or Trinidu gets, uh, you know, justice because of this little effort that we're putting in. Like fucking incredible. Man. Yeah. And yep. CNN can fucking gloat about, hey, we fucking, we were like the first people covered the, or like, I guess not first because obviously it's an older story, but like they can be like, yeah, we broke this big thing and now other people yeah. are following us. Fine. Have that honor. I don't give a shit. If that may, if that, that helps your cope, whatever. I don't give a shit. Like, you know, <laughs> like, like if that's kind of, what gets it out, like that's what gets it out, you know? Imagine yeah. the, like the idea of CNN almost like kneecapping itself just to break a story. Like, because that would, that would like, if, if you uncover the OKC conspiracy and really proved it, that, that just sends everything else into shambles. Like, it's like, oh, well, that was bullshit and this is bullshit and that's bullshit from like 9-11 to whatever's going on now. And it's kind of like, well, CNN and, you know, other news agencies have been the forefront of pushing this stuff. So to yeah. break a news article just to get some likes or whatever, how, <laughs> willing how to would you guys on their head. How would you guys see CNN moving forward? Or how do you see it now, even after seeing him publish that one article that you know is yeah, based still... in reality? Like, no, there was a good article. I'll give it that was the weirdest yeah. part for me. I, was like, I saw the article, I'm like, this is be some bullshit. And I was like, damn. Um, I mean, there was a few minor things. Like, uh, uh, I got a little bit annoyed that he went with, because uh, the whole thing with Yiki is like how far he, he, his body was from his car that was drenched in blood. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's kind of like the idea of that you like did all this damage yourself and then somehow traveled that far. He went with a half mile, but like everywhere I saw was like a mile or a, a mile and a half. And mm-hmm. so I'm like, but I don't know if maybe I guess I gave him the benefit of the doubt. I'm like, well, maybe he saw multiple reports and just went the lowest one. But like yeah. a half mile makes it like seem more plausible. Whereas yeah. like we're talking like probably over a mile. Like, you you know, know, what's like, funny? It about, ain't possible to crawl no. a fucking half mile either. No, it isn't. <laughs> either, yeah, right. But... What's What's funny about mainstream like mainstream corporate media journalists? that I used to like look up to and as a kid and then throughout part of college when I still wanted to be in that world was that you, you thought then, and people think this now that they would uh, run all these stories through a filter of fact checkers, which is like when you see something like that and you're thinking about the distance, someone might've dragged themselves or, you know, all mm-hmm. these different details, which matter a lot in stories like that, that they were hopefully funneled through a lot of people, a team of fact checkers, which we know now is bogus after the last five, six years, especially during COVID. No but I'm hoping perhaps they used uh, something like that for that story. And that's why you see that discrepancy in what you think and what they, what they wrote, you know, I'm a little bit concerned because there were the big thing of the article is it was pretty fair uh it, it like and it even kind of leaned into some of the conspiracy angles surprisingly um but it yeah. uh i was like there was new information that came out of it because i followed the story pretty well so i know have a, i mean i'm definitely not like to like my my expert richard boost level at all but i have a good gri- grip on especially because yiki's like was my specific aspect i really you know like that was like it meant a lot to me um i'm like worried there was like two new things one that was like a statement from the sister which I'll be honest. I I believe that that would be pretty brazen for them to make up a statement by the sister or something. Uh, mm-hmm. But then the other one was something about like a a person he had been interacting with named like Ramona, I believe that was like the big thing because the whole the end of the article goes into how he was getting ready to go to a meeting with like two feds, and that was known. There was known that he was supposed to have a meeting, but there was like more contextual information that came out there. So I'm like, part of me is like getting all skizzle. Like, was this like a red herring? So then later they can be like. Oh, look, you fucking, you idiots fell for this. And they kind of like try to 
you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like put in something to be like, oh, you fell for this one we, thing. We covered know? the Ramona aspect on my interview with Richard Booth. And um, I, I, I think that what was most profound to me was that Yiki allegedly, he informed her that he was very anxious about this meeting and that he then consciously left his service revolver or whatever type of firearm behind because he was honestly thinking that he was potentially going to be suicided and he didn't want his his gun to be there so that they could actually wow. do that and i was like wow. that gave me chills when, wow. when Booth told me that i i was just absolutely floored and i have a perfect analogy for how i feel about cnn because shane asked us how do i perceive <laughs> shane and or see uh perceive cnn moving forward it's the exact same way i see bill maher where he's like He's now coming out three years too late going, oh, I, I always stood up for fucking bodily autonomy. It's like, no, you fucking didn't. You lying yep. bitch. I feel the same way about CNN. I don't trust any of these people. They're all late mm-hmm. to the party. Uh, but at the same time, like, welcome aboard. Take all your yeah. accolades. I don't really give a fuck. I just want the people that are actually responsible for ruining the world to pay a price. And if yes. all these people get on board with us and that comes to pass, then fucking great. Right. The crazy- it's, like, it's like watching the uh, people on the so-called right or the anti-establishment side finger banging each other when some celebrity comes out and says something that they like and now they idolize this person i'm like okay give him props that's great they said even if it was years late but fuck them really like i also don't care the crazy thing though with the i'll be the guy to say fuck you to these people (laughs) you invite them into the fold but i'm gonna remind everybody what they did exactly like i'll I'll go on real time with omar and then while i'm on there tops is between like fuck you you lying bitch you weren't telling the truth three years ago (laughs) people don't forget people don't forget yeah no it definitely definitely was crazy i'm glad to see that happen it was it was fucking it it wild uh i mean that's all i can say but uh, i yep. remember what i was gonna say fucking it is weird they opened the door a little bit because now we're at the spot where because the thing the reason why i really wanted a mainstream outlet to pick it up but i actually in my head that wasn't even the realm of possibilities when i first down went down this thing i was like i can get a bunch of people in like the alt media sphere to kind of like yeah. buy on but like yeah. them buying on like that's that's huge and but the thing is like i don't know if they're just not aware of the pandora's box they're possibly opening for themselves jose anyone I, got, I gotta i gotta break something to you dog tim tim cast irl is bigger than that cnn yeah. article that's oh for sure yeah, yeah, yeah but, but it's true. like they but the thing is they open the door for people who are still concerned about operating within respectable circles to talk yeah. about it and that's yeah. not like that's not just like like that oh, you're right that, that's that expands me. a lot uh, yeah, that's yeah. um and the thing though with the okc thing is it goes in it's such a pandora's box for our you know overlords uh, because there's so much. Once you start understanding like the full breadth of like all the different aspects of it, there is so much shit there. Like it's basically like like you said, there's like multiple gladi- murders. Yes, by the government. <laughs> yes, and it's like it looks like it at the very like even the bet like even if you give them the most sympathetic like the most you know benefit of the doubt after knowing the stuff at the very least there was a cover-up in which people were getting murdered and shit like that so like at the very least they were covering up now like did they did they intend to do that themselves was it a gladio operation uh you know like how deep does it go like i think a lot of that stuff uh, the i tend to go along that lines but i i don't I'm virtually convince yeah i'm pretty mm-hmm. much convinced but i will be honest in that like there's nothing i can really you know evidentially be like here perfectly smoking gun that's definitely what they're doing but it like all the uh all the stuff going on is kind of like all right like, well you know Richard you know Moore. what it, another good analogy to the hearings from today 
it's the exact same way I think all of us felt two, three summers ago when we're like, this narrative is being manipulated by entities that are above just the social media overlords. This is going, this is coming down. These are dictates that are coming from <laughs> governmental institutions. And then you have the Twitter leaks, which demonstrate all of it. I feel like the exact same way I feel about OKC now is that like, I know, I, I know what happened but i i'm not going to i may never have the twitter leaks to to back up my claims but yeah. as long as people are now willing to talk about it tremendous progress yeah which uh i, I guess this will be kind of a rough rough uh, segue to the next one but there is mk ultra fucking uh implications too i was in, gonna ask that yeah, yeah. Uh, Because that is another thing. Uh, I guess it just recently came out. I don't know the validity of it. This is just one of the researchers who's got really good credibility. Uh, It already previously, before this new information, uh, it was a known fact that Timothy McVeigh had been like interacted with. I always forget psychologist, psychiatrist, whatever. But it was fucking. um, It was essentially like one of the proteges of Jolly on West. And Jolly on West, you know, the the Jolly West, the MK Ultra dude. Basically, he also was working with a ton of the people to assist them with trauma stuff is what they called it. Um, Just so happened. Come to find out, apparently, I mean, like I said, I'm caveating this because I don't know what specific information, uh, you know, uh, Wendy painting, I believe, or Wendy, I forget, but Wendy, uh, anyone with the OKC one uh, knows. I want to say it's Wendy painting. For some reason, I keep wanting to say bird. But um, fucking she apparently is claiming now that he actually did meet with Jolly West as well. So it was already like crazy to begin with and now you add that to it but mk ultra i this was you covered the lies of blue shit recently and one of the biggest things for me was seeing i guess my pattern recognition uh i was seeing shit like that like i was seeing mk ultra i was seeing cointel pro like i was seeing like or the you know or the like I'll bring up PatCon, which is essentially a right-wing cointel pro which ties into it's another thing that ties into okc uh, patcon uh, hmm. which is a lot of people think that's what was going on. Uh, but yeah, that was the biggest aspect of all that. That mm-hmm. really, I, I feel like question. everyone got psyoped. I, yeah. I, I, I totally agree with your assessment. And I think that COINTELPRO Pro was definitely in play. I don't see the MK Ultra. Could you explain why you see that? Uh, I, I, I'll, let, I'll let Shane think because he's not, he knows what I okay. mean. Yeah, because yeah. uh, I, I don't want guys... to divulge too much information because I know some of us were we got reports, so I know other stuff. <laughs> Before so you guys, I forget what public was. <laughs> I've been I've been studying up on like uh, the Satanic Panic, and they were using MK Ultra techniques on just like regular families, like moms and kids. Mm. Of of they they set up some dude said he molested his kid because he was a Satanic worshiper. It was never the truth, but now they're kind of linking this back to. They were possibly dosed with LSD. There were people who have like LinkedIn profiles that say that they're uh, they're like mind transformers or mind deleters. Still up today, you know. They're mm-hmm. they're like so. Yeah, this stuff is like I would say like oh they'd use it on a larger scale, but it just seems like they're just using it whenever they feel like it. So yeah, I, well, I don't know. You can connect this to what I was saying just earlier about watching January six with my grandma who had a certain type of uh, you know worldview going into that day where anything Trump, anytime Trump opened his mouth, it seemed like she was hearing something hateful or clownish or altogether, you know, uh, because she had been fed a certain type of information for those last few years. So by the time that happened, she would believe anything, even if it was happening right in front of her, you know, and it wasn't what she was, th- it wasn't what was really happening, but she was able to see it through the prism of her like hatred of this man. So then cut to this, the Eliza story, and the part that, you know, Jose is talking about 
And what I got so upset about is watching people, you know, look for one, for one thing, the questions, people questioning someone's narrative is totally fine and legit. We should all be asking questions of anybody, especially if they're in the, like the public eye claiming to be one thing or not. Uh, a lot of the criticism aimed at me after writing the story was that I, I like don't like criticism about me or the story or people asking questions, which is so far from the truth, right? The problem I had is that people started believing things that just were verifiably false and that now it's like, okay, you could hate this person. You can question her. That's totally fine. We should all be doing that to anybody, especially if they're in the public eye claiming to do certain things for victims. But when you start sharing things like um, the Elon Musk unfollowed her situation, which was not true, uh, you know, certain websites that were created recently and, you know, maybe she was affiliated with those people in the past, but not in the capacity that were being shown to people today that people were using as evidence of some narrative that they had bought into. So it was like watching people who were brainwashed into hating somebody. And that doesn't mean criticizing Eliza for her story is part of the brainwash. It means that turning her into this like villain, this monster that I wasn't seeing. I saw a person who had a lot of like gaps in her story that are like legitimate questions to ask. But when you start hating someone uh, being really malicious and then you start seeing stuff that we could verify as being uh, false. I'm, I'm getting concerned that people are getting kind of in that same situation my grandma was in, where she could look at someone who wasn't a full-on monster and she was uh, seeing a caricature, the thing she wanted to see, right? So I guess that's like what could happen. Um, that, that, that's what always has happened with social media. I, I trace it back to stupid things. And this is going to sound silly, but it's where my mind goes. These types of situations, Eliza is one of many, where the internet is divided on a certain thing and we are being conditioned to think one way or the other. I go back to thinking about that stupid meme about the blue dress. Is it blue oh, yeah. or gold, right? And I see that as like an early psyop of us like being experimented on and they're trying to be like, okay, how are they going to do this? How is it going to work? But it sounds silly, but that's kind of exactly what happens now with everybody. Uh, like whether it was Trump, um, Kanye, you know, anybody who starts, um, who, who gains some popularity, whether it's Twitter popularity, worldwide popularity, the people are divided. And then there's a lot of information about these people. And um, my whole thing with that story was, I'm not trying to convince anybody of anything, but this is what she told me. And this is what you guys are basing your thing on. And a lot of those things are canceling each other out. There's still a lot of gaps and you're, and you could take it from here and do, I feel like how Jose is talking about with OKC, like, here's what I got from her and her family. These are my weird thoughts. This is the things that people are saying on Twitter. Uh, they don't really gel in my mind. So now it's up to you to decide. Uh, but yeah, the most disheartening thing was just watching people that I, looked up to that I thought I could trust for certain things, uh, news wise or friends just buying into, uh, condemning someone. And like, I kept saying to people, I think I said in the story too, was even if she's lying, it didn't warrant this amount of hate. And the way, I mean, the way all these things happen, Clint, you included, you know, what the things that were happening, everyone in her periphery, uh, it was, it, just, it was insane <laughs> to me to see people act a certain way. Uh, and I just feel like I have to keep reiterating because I don't mean questioning. I am all for questioning. I'm just not 
like a fan of maliciousness when it's based on ignorance, but you could be malicious too. I mean, I really don't give a shit at the end of the day. I I enjoy it, you know, but I was seeing something that was a little alarming and I know I have some PTSD from uh, watching people do it to Trump, knowing the good people on both sides thing, growing up, listening to certain types of music that were always condemned in corporate media or amongst my friends and always being like, I think there's, there's usually something more, to a monster people have created in their heads. And, uh, I, you know, I have that sensitivity. And, you know, I, I lay that out in the stories too. You know, I'm, I'm biased in that I have that sensitivity. I don't really know uh, who's fully uh, bad, fully good, fully wrong, fully right. So I'm just going to do my best to write a story. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's not, but there was nothing you could do at the end of the day. I could have written the most insane story. I could have gone Whitney Webb on Eliza Blue's history and it wouldn't have been enough. Um, no. Because people had their, because people were so conditioned to hate her through all the things we were just talking about that even when, uh, before I published a story and when it was announced uh, on IRL that I was writing the story, most of the cr- uh, criticism that I got after the story were the same ones I was getting before the story. It was like they knew what they wanted to say uh, before I even put it out, which yep. is fine. But um, yeah. yeah, it was a very bizarre situation. It's it's weird because those things, and I like I like a lot of the people that were like going after you, and I you know I I defend you for what it doesn't even matter what it's worth, but right, it's weird because it. they've they've seen this happen time and time again, and they're mm-hmm. they're always saying oh media bias, media bias, but they kind of wanted you to go out and write a hit piece, and I was like, right. Shane's not going to do that. Shane's going <laughs> right. to go write what this lady told him, and good on you that you didn't go take what she told you and twist it around to make it a popular narrative or do whatever you just right. said what she told you thank like, you that's journalism, uh, I would, right uh, and, and well, you fact check as much as you could i there's yeah. only so much you could do with her story i wish i like i, I wish i could have spent a year on that because there's things i could have done i could have traveled extensively and, and gone to all these places that i've either called or looked into of where she worked and lived but i i wrote that story i wrote 170 pages in five <laughs> or six days um and you know but like like top what you're saying is i think a lot of people also had no idea who i was which is fine they, they shouldn't have you know i wrote two other stories that were kind of high profile but they're in the same vein as the eliza story where i happened to go talk to someone who was in the middle of a controversy whether it was yay after Infowars or carrie lake at, uh, during her election trial and i'm just getting their side of the story and sharing my point of view and i'm it's funny because one of the other criticisms i get a lot from the Eliza story is that I'm not objective. I'm like, no fucking duh. I, I literally talk about the problem of objectivity and subjectivity in all three of those stories right. when it comes to journalism and myself. But, you know, it's fine. I didn't expect everyone to read everything I'd written before this, although I, I just, talk about it in the Eliza story as well. Let me just say, uh, it, I will never let you write a piece about me because I know my life will be ruined like while, <laughs> while you're in the process of ruining it uh, or of writing it because like every time you pick up an assignment, it's like, yeah. oh, here comes the fucking yeah. nuclear weapon at this person's yeah. forehead. You need to wear <laughs> like crazy. a cloak with a, with a scythe. Like <laughs> <laughs> Shane Cashman, the, the Grim Reaper. I don't think oh, anyone's yeah. going to let me write a profile of him anymore. I think, you know, I think they're like, all right. In my head, I keep saying this. It's like a trilogy of controversy although i did not expect the eliza story to be controversial like in my mind you know in those two weeks leading up to that story there was a lot of hate going around a lot of weird shit on twitter 
people in her periphery getting questioned, the ultimatums being made about, you know, you should talk about this by this date, da, 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 da. And I'm just like in the shadows being like, oh, geez, you know, eventually it's going to be aimed for me. But I was so surprised that I didn't have that after yay and the Hitler comments. You know, I didn't have that yeah, after Carrie Lake and like an election cycle for whatever reason. Eliza and her story, which is a crazy story, you know, how whichever way you want to cut it. Uh, like I said, you know, in the story, it's either a psychotic elaborate lie that she's constructed for 10 years, or I'm going to make her relive trauma that no one should have to relive or have ever gone through. Um, and can, uh, can people I, can I make, were not happy. Let me just make one more quick point. I, I think that, you know, you're, you're bringing up the PTSD that you, you know, experienced with watching the Trump uh, era. I think what's what's very unique and different about this that needs to be brought up is that we're talking about a multi-billionaire who was also the president of the United States. Now we're, you know, contrast this with someone who was not making hardly any money from the, the efforts that she was putting into raising awareness or actually saving people, whatever your version of the the story is Mm -hmm. like the, the level of venom and anger to go after someone who ultimately wasn't really like, they kept calling her a grifter and this and that. Mm -hmm. They thought, Oh, she got a Tesla. Oh, she's hanging out with Elon. It's like, Mm -hmm. she never got a Tesla. She never hung out with Elon. Like, all of this was such a fictitious narrative about how she was just profiteering. She didn't get a Tesla? Yeah, Yo, I know, dude. I, like, what searched, the fuck? I searched that farm for a fucking Tesla. They might have hit it. I said yeah, it. they might have hit it. You know, who knows? Her family <laughs> might have been actors. I tell her parents, you might be paid actors. In the story, I tell them that in their living room. I'm like, for all because I'm super skeptical of everything. You know, of I'm, I'm you also a PTSD from being an American, knowing our history, knowing about all the things we talked about in the beginning of this episode, from OKC to Tuskegee to uh, you know, Operation Midnight to Climax to Northwoods. You know, the list goes on and on and on where I don't trust anything. Uh, but yeah, people. That, that was the funny thing is I, I asked her almost everything everyone on YouTube wanted to ask her in those three, in those three parts. Now, you know, when- there were parts I left out, but like I literally did. And I didn't, maybe I didn't push back enough for them, but she did respond to, I think most of those questions. How did the time frame line up? Like uh, when, cause I feel like you were interviewing her before uh, like the whole world star hip to me, the only justified thing, Besides being angry, if she's lying, we don't know if she's lying. Maybe yeah. um, even if she was, I'd be like, whatever. Did she do the work? Yes. Good. But the thing that uh, she may have some kind of in at Twitter and yep. gotten this girl, Brittany Venti, suspended, which is also kind of stupid because she could just click, uh, you know, start her suspension and then do seven days and be back on and continue with her career. But I still think she hasn't. Um, right. That is nefarious. I could see why Brittany Venti's friends would be angry about that. Rightly so. The anger around it, all the bots, the accounts around it are angry about like almost like a weird trauma based mind control thing that has to do with hashtag me too or like survivor stuff. It doesn't the anger doesn't add up. But my question was, when you were interviewing her, where were we at in this drama? Had had the the world star hip hop video came out and okay, so you were off. Yeah, I was there at her place. at her parents' place on that farm. Uh, she lived up the road, but I was there at peak, like, craziness. So <laughs> okay. 
Of you course know, he was. That's where Shane is always at. That's where his CIA handlers <laughs> sent uh, him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm in my trench coat. You know, I got a sick, like, you know, our army fucking airplane that dropped me and I fucking parachuted down onto her farm. Uh, drop, the, drop the tweet now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we, yeah, we have a we yeah, have an internet controversy. Yeah. Send in Shane immediately. <laughs> yeah. Like, my name sounds fake, so I get it. You know, I, I was thinking about that like the other day. I'm like, I'll get, you're, you're top, I'll get to your question in a minute i'm like i was poor my whole life and how fucked up is it to be like with the last name Cashman? i'm like that's either cia created me or god just is fucked up aren't you jewish too yeah right but it's, was but it that, like they're yo, like we can't do yo, goldstein how about cashman but, but, but the cashman's from my irish side oh, my, my last name is big dick man it's i, I feel i feel you're saying it's crazy. <laughs> I, I like to imagine it was one of those things where they had to change their name because you know some Jew, Jew, or jewish people did change their name at some point and that yeah. was just like well cashman sounds like a nice american name <laughs> yo it's that's what's so fucked up is my dad's irish for some reason, Cashman came from the Ireland. It makes no sense. It's it's all very confusing. <laughs> but yeah, back to the timeline. <clears throat> I was there after um, everything. You know, like there's an Instagram account called House and Habit. Do you guys are you guys familiar with her? No. She's um she had a pretty popular Instagram page. It's over a million followers. She breaks down really interesting stuff about Epstein. Um, she got big, I think, during the Amber Heard trial, and then she did some missing uh, girl case out in the desert. But anyway, I was there uh, at Eliza's parents when she this house and habit was now picking up the story, which to me was like the pinnacle because she's got the like one of the higher profiles outside of the like our YouTube world. You know, it was like this other person um, who I really looked up to in terms of her research. And she was sharing things that were totally fake. Other things that were like, all right, those are the questions we all have. But then it was other things. I'm like, damn. And she's got mad followers. So wow. the, the World Star video happened probably a week before I went out. Um, and I, yeah, I was talking to her. I, I, and I think it was the second or third part of that series where I bring that up to her. You know, because I, I feel like a lot of people maybe would have been happier if I just started the interview with me asking about the world star hip hop video, but that's just not the way I write. And I wanted to lay out like, what is this woman's timeline? All these questions about the trafficking stories. What's up with LA? What was your age? Where were you this time? All that stuff. And then, you know, by the part two, we could open up into all the, the, the controversy from today, which the biggest thing is, in my mind, what people are saying is censorship or what she's saying is not censorship. And so when I brought that up to her, I was like, yo, what's the deal with the World Star video? You know, because people are now kicked off Twitter. Um, and now, you know, she and she said something like, well, the video is not public anymore. And I, I said, but the video was public when they posted it. She's like, what well, is not anymore? So we kind of go this back and forth where she doesn't explicitly say it. But from what I gather is that there's some court case happening with something that happened in the periphery of that video, which I can't prove. You know, all I saw was the, the legal team's case number that they sent to Twitter, Google, Worldstar, and I think another place. Whatever's in that file, according to her and... Um, you know, I guess just according to her and whatever her legal team said was enough for those places to take down that video. I don't know what that is. You know, I, I would love if in the future we could find out what that is, because then that would dispel a lot of the shit 
around the world star video, which was, I think everyone's biggest problem. But, uh, it was, it's funny looking back on that whole, uh, interview with me and her and her family, and then going back in time to when I did IRL with her, when she asked how, uh, she could change or how we could change. Yeah, dude, that's so in, crazy. In, in particular, in particular men's attitudes towards accusations. This is after I told her that the me too market oversaturated the accusation market, right? Me too market destroyed everything to where I don't want to believe, I can't believe any fucking accusation. But when she asked what we could do to change people's perceptions on this, I tell her transparency and, you know, I, I like Eliza. I do believe a lot of her story. I think there's a lot of inconsistencies that you can put up to drug use or abuse, but I also can't prove it to you yet. Um, but every time I hit one of the most important parts of the story, I couldn't get the transparency I needed as the writer because either the legal stuff, like the one I just told you about, or the names of her traffickers. But then I will say I did get the name of the one trafficker, which I shared that I got the name in part two, but I didn't share the name because I told her as a source, I wouldn't betray her trust. And, you know, it's funny because my skepticism is like the part that I find the funniest <laughs> of that story because people keep forgetting how I'm literally saying things in the story like, okay, she gave me a name, but she could have given me a name knowing that when I did my research, I would find that he lived in this place at this time. It would add up and I'd be like, oh, it makes sense. But, um, I personally don't think that's the case, but I like to present that to the reader because it's my thought process while I'm given the name, while I'm doing the research to the best of my ability, while I'm talking to people who knew that person at that time, uh, you know, but well, that, all that's, that what stuff I, that's what I love about your writing. Away. That's what I love about your writing style is that you're, you're just being open and honest about your process and your thought process moreover. And you know, I love that writing style because like, and I love longer form writers because you actually get to like know right. the person that's writing and as opposed to like just journalists that put out trash right. that I could give a fuck less about. Thank and, you. But, but a lot of people were really fucking furious that it was like, Three not, parts. I have to read all these words to find out yo. if I should be mad. It's like you're not, right, you're dude, not like, used to that kind of like <laughs> like open dialogue, almost honesty in, yeah. in a journalism piece. They're like, this is confusing. I don't like it. It was it was so funny. I was with Eliza's parents when the Daily Beast was calling them uh, for that article, and then that Daily Beast article came out the next day while I was with her mom interviewing her about Eliza's first trafficking experience in L.A. And uh, people, it was so funny seeing people who were not left-leaning all of a sudden worship the Daily Beast, who does nothing but write the worst smear pieces <laughs> about most of our friends. And all I'm of like, them. now you like yeah. the Daily Beast? And I'm like, oh, because it's short, it's succinct, it looks good, it tells you everything you want to know, and maybe. But then when I did my research, there were things that were not matching with that article. So it doesn't mean I'm the authority on the truth, but it does mean that something's off, you know, with yeah. these stories because they're not matching. And that's in terms of timelines, people. Uh, this is most importantly about Chicago and the friend of Eliza's that said she was at a certain apartment, which didn't add up with that timeline. As far as I could see, if you look at resumes, where she worked, if you call these places and, uh, and you know, I don't want to throw too much, too much dirt or shit, but like that person they use as a source has just assorted just as much as assorted history as eliza 
you know, when people rag on Eliza for her history and then they use that as saying she can't be a good source, then you should apply that same critique to the person the Daily Beast used who's got just as bad of a history, if not worse. Um, and you can look that up. Those are public records. You know, if you get that name, you can go do your research and see that she's gotten this in trouble. Um, that doesn't mean you shouldn't trust her. I'm just saying if you're going to levy that criticism towards this person, you got to do it to this person too. Just because this person says something you like doesn't mean now forget everything else, you know, well, which that's, is my that's whole what problem. It was. it was confirmation bias. Like, yes, throughout, yeah, to a, a, crazy, a, a crazy scale of confirmation bias. Yep. Yeah, and I, and I, because I actually know her, and I actually know <laughs> I know some of this story, and I've I hung out with her when she was uh, you know virtually unknown compared to how she is today, yeah. um, and she has always been the same person around, yeah. me. and like that yeah. those types of things, uh, and I I knew her you know years or a year, at least a year before you even met her, so it was like yeah, uh, because of that you know it gave me insight into like who she really is most likely, yeah, and and you know to just paint her as this crazy villain. I just think is not accurate based off of my lived experience leftist. Oh, you have to respect truth. my lived experience. This is your truth. Yeah. My, yeah, my you read know, on it. Oh, I was just to say one thing is like, yeah. the other funny thing is uh, that everyone says it's a puff piece. Fucking Eliza was even happy with a lot of it. You know, like I think she was happy with some of it, but like, like, and I said that would happen in the story. I'm like, right. she's not gonna be happy. Cause that's what happens when you write portraits or you paint a portrait of someone. They're never going to see themselves as they see themselves. Cause sure. I'm, not you, you know, I'm writing about my perception plus what's going around. So yeah, that was just a funny thing for me. I'm like, dude, at a certain point at like the peak of my insanity with that story, no one was happy. And I was, yeah. kind of, I kind of like being in that place, to be honest, that's kind of a nice place to be. You know, it's not, it's not the most fun place, but it's exciting. I was like, all right, well, this is, this is fun, you know, but Jose, my bad. What were you going to say? Yeah. No, I just wanted to give my read. Like my read is I saw all these people saying all this crazy shit every which way. And like my read after reading your article for one, I, I do want to point out, I think it was completely fair that you basically just asked her questions and relayed that to the audience because in my head, she was getting dragged by everyone uh, and right. so, to some degree, rightfully so, which I'm about to get into. But mm. it was like to such a ridiculous degree. It was kind of like in my head, it was only fair that she be given a platform in which to be like, this is my explanation of things. She like, wasn't it, doing herself any favors. Yeah, she wasn't. That, but, Jesus Christ. Yeah. <sighs> but the point yeah. I'm getting at is uh, like my read from reading your story and the stuff I've seen is like, I think she like mostly at least is telling the truth like you said maybe there's some part she embellished or maybe mm -hmm. straight up lied uh i but i do think like so far as stuff that was worthy of her being dragged for i mean you brought up this we or it was brought up by multiple people here the censorship i also mm -hmm. didn't like the threatening legal action and i also seem to think and i i had a red flag i want to say it was like a michael malison review she did at some point i can't remember exactly what she said but she seems to have a really dodgy uh interpretation of what trafficking is mm. and so to me i'm like i don't know is that a is, is that a because she's trying mm -hmm. to lie is that just because she's a i don't know that's honestly well, do, that kind of do you remember how she explained white it? woman thing you know but do you remember how <laughs> she explained it to me in the story like that was one of the first things i talked to her i think it was in part one i don't remember where it was but um you know that was one of the that was at the top of my list of things to ask because when i got there other than the censorship stuff and the world star video her definition of trafficking was under a lot of pressure because of the malice interview in particular. Mm -hmm. I don't think she's the best at explaining things in podcasts. Sometimes, you know, I get nervous in podcasts too. I get it. She's talking about some crazy shit. That's not just personal, but also like on some federal level shit. 
but that's not to like dismiss it. But what she told me when I asked her was that it was like, she's saying it wasn't, she, she's saying she wasn't saying it was catfishing. That's trafficking. She was saying that her trafficker was making fake profiles to sell her through on Twitter. Now people will then be, uh, she, they'll say she did have Twitter back then. It wasn't the trafficker, which I can't, I can't prove that, you know, but that was her explanation. But, you know, that was what I was doing mostly out there was the, I, the it was the yay, you know, uh, the, the yay thing. Everyone's saying one thing. They're saying you're anti-Semitic. You're, they're saying you're mentally ill, all this stuff. What do you say to this, 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 and that? So yeah, the malice thing, you know, in terms of her definition, she believes in whatever that federal definition is, or she rattles off very fast. I don't remember something like force, fraud, coercion, yep. some, 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 um, you know, and a lot of She's, people are I've saying heard her say she, it so many times. The yeah, thing is though, she, she claims it. to be one of us, like an ANCAP. That's the big thing. Right. And then the right. subsequent threatening legal action for someone sharing a photo of a, of a thing that like, at least like, I feel like if you understand libertarian theory, that, that that's not going to hold up that like something that I guess you could make the case that though, that like if she did the world star hip hop or photos or whatever, maybe it technically wasn't consensual because she was being mm -hmm. forced by some outside person. But the pe person she was entering into that like agreement of doing that with was under the understanding it was consensual. So yes. it wouldn't be them that would be Her, getting shit on, you know, what I mean, or the people right. sharing it third hand. Her they, also, they also took it down. Yeah, her, her dipping her toes into the libertarian world is part of why I also don't believe her story. The initial story, it's like, it just seems like I see you see girls do this all the time. It's like it's like a grift. They come in there like, oh, there might be money here. Then they realize, oh no, there's only autistic people in theory here. There's no money, and then they go on to the next thing. <laughs> right. But so I'm like, all right, that, that's already a pattern of, of behavior. So possibly, but also, who cares? Yeah, that's funny. Is my favorite part of that whole series other than when I called out all those fucking artless freaks on um, YouTube for being assholes is the whole conversation I had about um, anarchy and the way she saw regulating, you know, if you're an anarchist, but you also want to regulate, you know, with the government's help, some of these things we're talking about, which wasn't so much the world star thing, but more like we're thinking about the future. AI porn, you know, the AI voices, all the stuff that's going to happen with AI, you know, that was like my most exciting part of the whole story was the future of like thinking of anarchy and thinking of also needing to regulate things that we don't yet understand because it's kind of like the Wild West with tech. Um, I love that part. But I think, I think she truly that, believes, though. I think she does believe those things when she, said, when she talks about being an ANCAP. And I wish I got into it more with her, but I also know a lot of people do see these types of communities as places to as like a stepping stool into success but then i'll also say you know it's fucking crazy she, to make our community that yo but it, <laughs> yeah, but it is but it is you know people people will look at anything there's a lot of people out there who will look at any type of community as a stepping stone because they don't truly believe in that thing but they're like okay i could take this over i could do something here i could be a character da, 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 da. it happens I guess that's true you know yeah. people people will play different music sometimes because they think that's the path to success, yeah. you know, yeah, 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 but sometimes yeah. people do it because they truly do believe it. Um, but, you know, I will say then that is one possibility. The other possibility is, you know, and what she would say to me in the story is she wanted to remain anonymous at first. I don't, but, but then, you know, you could say, okay, she said that she told daily wire, I want to be anonymous. I saw the, those private messages of where she said she'd rather not use her face and name. The daily wire 
the Daily Wire writer said you should. Da da da. Okay, so there's that. But then you could also say over here, she's always wanted to be popular. She's always told everybody that her parents always knew she wanted to be popular. So that's why I'm keep saying like, I'm not here to be the authority on any truth. But there's a lot of conflicting truths with this story and in I, any story. Let me make a broader point here. I, I think that there's this tendency to want to have either good or evil figures. Yeah. And like the reality of not just people, but famous people too, yeah. is that they're messy and they're complicated. And like mm -hmm. they have aspects of their character and their nature that are both beautiful <laughs> and ugly. And, yep. and and when you see that in someone who has risen to prominence, even though like Eliza wasn't super famous or anything, but she had a good following on Twitter because Elon responded a couple times, like big fucking deal, right? Right. Um, yep. But then it, it just it it came down to like the the mob wanted to decide, good mm -hmm. or bad, and mm -hmm. and I think that the truth is somewhere in the middle, as it usually is with most people. But just yes. for whatever reason, once you rise to a certain level of prominence, it's <clears> not okay <throat> to have a middle ground. Of you know, uh, assessment of someone you have to know good or bad. And it's like, it's same with Trump. He's not fucking good. He's also not bad. He's somewhere, yep. he's somewhere in between. Exactly. So exactly. And I, also like, sorry, but like bullying somebody to, to write a certain type of thing or bullying anybody to say a certain thing, to do a show on a certain thing. I got a lot of that is yeah, dude is freakish. That is so insane to me. To weird think that, behavior. Like, <laughs> yeah. That part is very bizarre. Uh, you know, like for me, I don't like writing under that kind of pressure. Although I think, you know, in the end it made me better. I've, a lot of people be like, well, he's done now he's disgraced. You know, you can put all, all the adjectives in there, but I, I, you know, after the fact I was like, okay, that was kind of interesting and fun. I learned a lot of things through it, but before it, I, I was telling everybody except Tim, which I should have done. Like, let's not tell anybody I'm going out there. You know, <laughs> although, although we did discuss it on IRL, I thought people just forgot. You know, I was like, it's done. <laughs> no, I'm just going to, I'm going to sneak out there. I'm going to write this story and then drop it. No problem. Uh, but then. Cause it the, wasn't a big deal at the time. Like why, why were you. It, when I was on IRL, there? it wasn't a big deal. At the end of that episode, the hate started. Cause if you remember the she audience. She was very bad on Tate. I was, I was annoyed her. with her. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it wasn't good. It was one of those things where I'm talking about, like sometimes on podcasts with her in particular, not the best. She put herself in a bad position that episode as well, because she's reading these statements reading from these victims statements, man. and, and there, we can't even talk about anything beyond it. So we're stuck in this circle of the conversation of talking about just the statements like, and just accusations. It's like the Steven Crowder thing. And oh, hey, let, right. me, let me make it, let me make an analogy. Let me make an analogy that Eliza probably won't appreciate what she was doing to Tate is what people were doing to her where yes. it was like a bunch of yes. allegations with yes. no backup that that the world could see yes. so we're just like we, we're now forced to decide tate's either good yes. or bad he's like a human trafficker or he's not it's like and i don't have a fucking clue i don't know if i told you guys this last time but like when i'm sitting on irl with her and she's reading those IR, those tate statements from the, the victims i had just previously been talking to tate about writing a profile on him <laughs> yeah dude crazy like he was arrested the day after Tim and I were talking to him. I'm telling you, every time you write a profile, don't go to jail. Don't go I to Romania. Like, oh. Please don't go. <laughs> Yo, I, I honestly really want to go out there still. Like, I'd go to Romania It'd in a heartbeat. It'd be an incredible piece. I, I would love it. In a it. heartbeat. I would love to do it. I'm not even a big Tate fan. I don't know shit about him, really. I, I mean, I did some research. Uh, I think that it obviously be an interesting story. But, uh, but I said it in my story because I thought it was interesting. I would give Tate the same grace and patience 
that I gave Eliza, yay, Carrie Lake, you know, anybody, literally anybody. But again, it, people were expecting a different type of writer, a journalist, uh, you know, like a journalist to go write a certain type of story. You know, I'm not that person. Like the so nation around the I journalists. fucking hate journalists. <laughs> There's like tell. five I can think of that I like, uh, but that's even cutting it close. But like, you know, I'm just not that writer. So I was put into a crazy situation that was a lot like previous situations, but it got so big with so many demands. People uh, just were expecting a certain thing from me, which I can't blame them for, you know, who the fuck am I? <laughs> but I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to then give them what they wanted unless I went out there and happened to feel the same way that they felt, but I didn't, I shared, I shared all of my good and bad thoughts, you know, but it's not enough. Yeah. I want to get into the kind of what I was alluding to initially with the, the MK Elder stuff. Like, uh, I mean, I know there is some little bit of interesting stuff to talk about in the stuff we just talked about there with like, you know, her story and this and that. But what really got me the story was like the gang stalker aspect. And and this is what I'm talking about. Like, honestly, it reminds me of if anyone's read the book Chaos by Tom O'Neill about yep. like Charles Manson and all that, like the shit. Yep. Like, that's what like when I started like <laughs> hearing what you're saying there, like that's what it sounded like to me. It sounded like a group of crazies, you know, mm-hmm. and, and honestly, it sounds like they're kind of targeting our kind like crazy autists. Who are like, uh, you know, just sucked into this this type of niche stuff. They were getting into like the puzzles and shit. And then then it sound like I know in the uh, the chaos thing with uh, Manson, it was like a group of crazies. And there clearly was Fed influence, where it's almost like they had a bunch of crazy <clears throat> people. So there's your MK Ultra. Charles Manson was a legit MK Ultra guy. And then you have the Feds like kind of influencing it from the outside. <clears throat> And mm-hmm. that's kind of, and then, you know, you add in the COINTEL aspect with like kind of infiltrating groups. And it's like, and if you take a step back and look at this whole situation and like what was going on and what happened as a result of it, it was like, you know, you see all these things coming out, these little bits of information that kind of fuel the fire to keep the battle going. Then you have these like the schisms within groups. And then now you have people like, I heard tales of people being docs and then people like, you know, or them bringing up, you know, crazy shit in their past. Like, well, this guy fucks so-and-so's wife or this, just all crazy shit like that. Just being thrown <coughs> out wide in the open. And it's like, you're doing the fed <coughs> shit. Like you're putting all the blackmail out there for them. Right. Like you're like, doing all of their work. I'll, I'll preface this by saying, I don't know who the gang stalker is. All right. Yeah. I had a lot of crazy theories, but I don't think they're so crazy. Cause if anyone read the addendum, which was put out after the three stories were burned uh, into oblivion. All the things that people made fun of me for saying in that third part about this being a psyop. I mean, I can't say that Chavez, when I talked to him, confirmed those things, but he said those have happened to him. So I was like, clearly I was seeing something that was going on that was nefarious. Uh, and he was you know, telling me how, like he told me in the addendum, these things are terrible. Uh, they happen. They happen to him. Happened to a lot of people. I heard from a lot of people who'd been victims of this type of thing. You know, where they have they're inundated by whether it's bots or real people. Or I'm starting to call them people who are bot adjacent. Clint, what's up? Now, I'm not saying you're bot adjacent. I'm saying you've been attacked. No, you know, I, I'm saying I, I, I saw just the periphery of it, it, and that yo, was fucking wild, bro. I put out shit. Tell me how this is. I would put out a, a tweet concerning the series that got like 300,000 views in like 30 minutes. Meanwhile, I'll put out some tweet about any other bullshit, five likes, 20 likes, 70 likes, whatever. Like 
What? But you, they could argue, well, it was a hot button issue. Everyone's looking at it. But I think that the this type of situation and the bots, they hide behind that type of thought where it's like you can't prove it in the end. I mean, if we could somehow get into Twitter and look at who's a bot and what's not. But, you know, it. this is what I was getting into with part three is there is some type of advanced uh, war that they're using on social media where they can basically plant a seed in your brain and and watch it grow and then you will have the same type of worldview that we were talking about with my grandma for instance Bro. you know Dude, where you can believe fucking, that's what the that's whole it. hearings on capitol hill were yes, about was the exactly. evidence of this existing <laughs> exactly. so like it's, i don't even know why this is controversial it, people people i got lampooned for even bringing it up you know and look you can criticize me for a lot of things especially in that story that's fine but something weird was happening yeah. i mean we experienced it um, it's, and I'm, let, I, let me I keep say saying, real quick. Oh, yeah, yeah. Let me say real quick. It, look, there are people that were genuinely interested in that story. Yes, that's and exactly they what were I was real, say. And they yes. were real. However, I also was being bombarded by accounts that I am of the opinion were clearly bots. Yeah. Now, yep. am I saying that they were like, bots that were Eliza blue sucks zero three five. Yeah, and then, and then every <laughs> fucking, everything in their yeah. profile is a hashtag Eliza blue, you know, victim, yes. blame, whatever the fuck. And then, and then it's created a month earlier and it's like, yes. and I got, you know, dozens on some of my, my tweets that were just like, they would just come like rapid fire. Oh, Look, yeah. I'm not saying that that was a government program. I'm right. saying that they were bots. Right. And I don't know where they came from. And that's Look, it's all I'm saying. Government program, I'll say it. It could, <laughs> okay. it, it could be. I said I, my, I, my I said that it could possibly be. But I also said in that in part three, I could also be insane. And, <laughs> you know, like, I don't know. You know, I also said everything I said was a theory. But, um, yes, there were a ton of legitimate people with legitimate questions. Of course. I heard from. That's what made this the, a good PSYOP. That's what right. made it a good PSYOP. <laughs> but that's. <laughs> But that's what happens. Like if you if you look at if you research this stuff and how they happen, if you talk to people who've experienced this thing, who've been the victims of this type of thing, it will start as a seed that grows into something so big and loud that eventually the people at the top will start using it. And like I, you know, I'm not going to say names. Maybe maybe not yet. But like I heard from the craziest people in our world about this fucking story. Not yet. Again, why not yet? I don't know. But this, I'm like, why this story? People got so emotional about it, you know? I don't know what it was, but those people who hit me up, I know are real people because I've been watching them for years. They're, they have legitimate questions and concerns. That's fine. We had some nice backs, back and forth about it. But I also was hit up by a wave of people that either are just in it for chaos sake, which is, that's a, you know what? Fine. If you want to be an agent of chaos, Top lobster. <laughs> yeah, they're fun. Yo, I, I love some chaos too, but a lot of them also might just be bots. Um, yeah, and that's... other people are infected by the bot, and then it's like yes. the Borgs where they're yep. like they hear it enough. I had friends who heard the 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 loud people so much on Twitter that they just sided with them on me against me, like not even for Eliza, but when they were talking about me, they're like, if everyone's saying it, it must be true. I'm like, yeah. but you fucking know me, homie. Yeah, no, it was wild. <laughs> the bots kind of like give it more influence is the thing. It's not oh, it's, like that. It's that's crazy. the whole point is it's like there definitely was legit things. And I have no like I 
pointed out already yes. issues that I have with the, the, the whole Eliza thing. I'm not saying she's at all perfect, but this thing was so inorganic, so all over the place, people being so sloppy, people like shit, like uh, people jumping on stories like, oh, she was a porn star. I looked into the, ch the chick people thought it was didn't. Definitely was not her. Like right. people were just going nuts with crazy, salacious. Oh, they googled that as fast as he was. Yeah, yeah. No, I, yeah, I did. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, "What? Got to see this shit." <laughs> she does have your ideal body type. Yeah. I'm like, dude. That I'm like, fuck. The World Stars video's gone. I knew about that for a long time. I've watched it a few fucking oh times. Yeah, like I'm keeping my little dirty secret. Just all the boys. <laughs> Shane, do you consider you consider the possibility that like, because like a bot farm is just crazy to me. Like I picture like a Chinese guy on a bicycle with a hundred phones playing Pokemon Go. That's crazy, especially when it comes to this kind of stuff. But what's more realistic to me is possibly AI. Like people mm -hmm. are fucking with this chat GPT stuff, and who knows mm -hmm. the capabilities of this? Like. <clears throat> It could just see some kind of like, like its algorithm has detected that this is like a hot button yes. issue and it'll just push it in, in, in all directions just to yeah. see there, what dude, There's state actors that that's, are utilizing that. That's actually sure. how I saw it. Not, yeah, a, not I, on this yeah, story, but it definitely it's being used. I'm yeah. Sure. Like we're, yeah, we're aware of bot farms. We saw a lot of that happening with the Russia, you know, stuff <laughs> and, and them trying to sow discord with people back during the, uh, I think 2016 election. Um, but that's not how I saw this experience. This, I was thinking of AI. I mean, I was getting hit up with comments and these weird messages that were not written by people. I mean, it was yeah. clear as day. I spent 10 years reading uh, English papers by a lot of <laughs> kids, also kids whose first language wasn't even English. And like, I'm a pretty good, I have a pretty good detector of, hum of a human when it comes to writing. And like, I had so many things that were just like, this is fake. This is so clearly fake. Um, wow. And it's not just because of grammar or things spelled wrong. It's just the wording is so, it's yeah, like ghost-like. It's missing a spirit, you know? Yeah. It's just Ooh. fake. It's just fake. I saw some of that shit too, guys. Just being honest. Dude, <laughs> oh, yeah. That stuff is demonic. That my, my conspiracy theory on it, I tweeted out and I'll keep saying it, man. The people that are talking to chat GPT, it's like talking to the fucking Ouija board, man. It's yeah. weird. It's Oh, yeah. It's literally what i would picture what a demon is like if you believe in like this uh like the afterlife stuff and how this kind of works in like different currents and electricity like a light will go off when a spirit's yeah. in the room it it would not surprise me at all if that shit is like just a straight up demon being manifested well, the, and created by us the language yep. the language actually existed within the uncanny valley where like it mm. was off-putting to read it i'd be like yes this doesn't feel like a human being or a computer it's somewhere yep. in between and it's yep. disturbing and i was just like block 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 right <laughs> but in the and the, the funny thing like at the at the height of my paranoia after part three when i was in a weird place my wife had to take the phone away it was so funny because like my wife and i sat down before this before i even went out to to report on the story we made a list of everything everyone was going to say very predictable you know if you know that if you spent a few days on the internet you know how people are going to react to certain things all the words, simp, you know, all that shit. We're like, all this is going to happen. And it did happen. I underestimated the, the, the like AI thing and the, like the weird veiled threats that were going to happen where they're like telling you how to keep your family safe. Hint, hint, you know, wow. um, I didn't get any of that. That, was, that shit was weird. That shit yeah. was very weird. And I started thinking at that point, because those actually felt organic like they were mm -hmm. written by a real person. 
But I was like, I wonder if this person, do I know this person? Do I, uh, you know, do I, have I, um, has this person been talking to a lot of bots and then he believes, he or she believes mm -hmm. these bots and now they're kind of these bot adjacent people who are now able to communicate better than the bot, but be worse because they're uh. human. Um, and I was <laughs> you, were, getting, you were going deep. Oh, dude. You I mean, I, yeah, I, think I, it's couldn't, right. I couldn't open my phone. It was just thousands of everywhere. Instagram Crazy. was getting hit up, email, you know, really strange things. And, um, but you couldn't help think that, you know, and then I went through like a good week of, I couldn't respond to anybody unless I had talked to you already, because right. especially after the addendum part, and like, that was a longer interview. And the only things I really left out of that interview were more personal, either to his story or, or to mine. And I kept that part just, just, you know, with the Eliza stuff. But like, after that, anyone who came at me or, or just messaged me and seeming they seem nice. I, I was like, I can't even trust this no. because they're going to, they're, they're going to try to infiltrate me. And then a year or two from now, <laughs> I, I had initiated this relationship with someone and they turned out to be bad. But like, if you talk to these people who have been a part of these things as victims, that's what happens. They will yeah. tell you, they will play both sides. One person could be hitting you up from this account as a bad actor. And then this account, as a good actor and they're just giving you this distortion and eventually you start to like, you know, you, you, okay. You learn to hate this narrative over here and you go and talk to this person who you think you can trust. And then you go down that spiral for who knows how long, yeah. you know? And I started, Dude. I started making people um, voice message me and being like, yo, if you want to talk voice. And then I was like, cause at work, um, <laughs> You're like, no, they're at, creating yo, fake voices. <laughs> cause at work, Tim, Tim and his brother are making like fake Ian voices that sound amazing. Oh and then I'm like, God. oh, fuck. I'm telling them to make fake voices, but these people are way smarter than me when it comes to tech because I'm an idiot. you know. So they're probably making fake voices. Oh so God, I, had to, I was like, I got to go. I'm, I'm signing off. I'm going to let it go. Uh, but overall, you know, as bad as that sounds, even though it's probably not that bad, clearly, in the scheme, grand scheme of things, it was all a blessing because I got to see people as they truly were, you know, people that I know, you know, and like, you guys were very supportive, you know, privately and publicly, like you for either for me or for just a story in general. And I don't mean in defense of the story or Eliza, I'm just mean as like a good person who wasn't actively hating someone. It's yeah. okay to clearly. We, it's were, okay we to were all joke. just telling the truth throughout, no. you know. But like, but to see friends and and like people who I, I've been friends with online for a while or admiring, like do this weird dark shift was so disconcerting. Um, but in the, at the end of the day, I was, I was kind of happy to see it. You know, it, for me, it challenged me as a, as a writer. And I was like, I, it was the most challenging thing I've ever written, which makes no sense because Eliza, as much as she's done, you know, with the Elon thing and people know her, I mean, that's like down here compared to other things people I've been with, like, and that's no diss to her, but that's just the truth, yeah, you know? Yeah. Um, so it was very interesting to see. Uh, I, I kind of like, I don't want to say I'm callous from it, but I definitely like developed a, a, a new armor that I thought I yeah, had, yeah, 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 but a too. much bigger armor um, let, that let like, add, I'm happy to get. Let me add something too. Uh, I was appreciative for the experience because it got to test my character, like for mm -hmm. myself. Cause I, I like right. when I was in the heat of it, because that fucking stupid 45 second clip where I nod goes viral and I'm getting just <laughs> blasted by everybody. I was like, I, I'm going to put together a video explaining this because it's such a bombardment that I like. Yeah. I feel I feel compelled to, 
But at the same time, like as I'm doing it, and I didn't script any of it, I just fucking talked. But I yeah, was like, great. as as I'm doing it, I I decide like halfway through to still stand up for Thaddeus Russell and Eliza Blue. You know, right. like and, and like that wasn't really why I was doing the video. I just felt compelled because right. and, and then as soon as I was done with it and I was about to publish it, I was like, I thought for like 10 seconds about like, man, is this like is this smart? And I was right. like, fuck smart. You know, this is right. And it's I just went, boom and I yep. just put it up. And and I'm glad I, I like I it just it taught me that like I am I am capable of being who I am even when I'm under you know tremendous pressure. Yes. So and I, I, and I felt too. the same way about you. And and I'm just I'm grateful. Like and all of all of my you know tight associates were like they all kept it real throughout the whole thing. And I was like, all right, I have blocked the right people and I have befriended the right <laughs> Listen, people. Like guys, so. you th this whole this whole affair though has given such like red meat for for Eliza Blue jokes, and I'm not gonna skip on that. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead, <laughs> go watch you, Tower you, Gang, <laughs> and I I lit her up. I like you, Eliza. I love you. But listen, man, fair is fair. <laughs> no, I wouldn't be being some of those fucking jokes. <laughs> Actually, no, you're not. You know what? I'll, I'll that's add fucked you up. Time. Now, now I'm offended. Now I'm offended. Now yeah, I'm offended. I mean, from the beginning, like it just seemed inorganic. I know a lot of people would assume our group of guys would be the ones <laughs> jumping on the train, dragging him and stuff. Just because of the kind of personas we've built but like i don't know i guess like you said before like these people being unknown or being ignorant and being uh malicious i'm malicious but i usually try to come from a place of knowledge <clears throat> uh, and, and at the right right targets uh, so for me like don't be wrong i, I immediately recognize like well that seems fucky i don't like that she did that mm -hmm. but then like i was kind of like okay well let's kind of you know see what's going on here you know evaluate all stuff kind of give benefit of the doubt a little bit figure it out and then just the whole thing immediately just became like this like crazy fucking thing and i was just so for me i'm like i'm not just gonna jump on like it's like any anything you even say comes with all this now baggage now of like oh well now you support this or now you support that oh what do you think about this but it just it was super gay i did want to point out and maybe i made this point earlier i i think it's really interesting and this is like for me i guess where my head goes to like this is fed shit and do me wrong this is just me recognizing patterns i don't have any evidence for it or anything it's just in my head so it's just speculation but like it's like the 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 group the sphere this targeted just feels like it was clearly pointed at the alt media the like dissident right the fucking right. libertarians anarchists yep. like that sphere and this bubbling up like like alt media that is basically destroying them right now and then they just, they throw this this wrench in the works well and and, and, and on top of that the persecution of Elon that's been occurring over the past year yep. mm -hmm. from the political, the highest level of the political establishment. Mm -hmm. It's not, it's not far fetched to say we can kill two <clears throat> birds with one stone. We could take out the ANCAP libertarian fringe alt-right alt media com community, as well as tarnish Elon's uh, reputation simultaneously. Yep. I'm not saying that's what happened, but come on. Like, it yeah, and if you've studied the feds, it would be it would be silly for them not to be doing this type of stuff. Like I just provide you an example of Charles Manson. If you've read that book, <laughs> it goes yep. into how they've infiltrated the fuck out of Hollywood. I mean, you did yay. I mean, he was yep. talking about fucking Pasternak or the fuck that dude's yep. name is. It was yep. like That's clearly it. some sort of handler. Like they have Canadian infiltrated every fucking like angle. I mean, shit that OKC fucking informants throughout Michigan informants throughout. Like yep. once you start identifying these patterns, I mean, maybe it makes you a little bit schizo. Like I, that's why I always try to caveat with like, well, I don't have direct evidence, but like my, my gut is telling me this shit glows. Yeah, like, alarm alarm bells are going off whether or not yeah. we're actually, there's actually Yo, a fire. I don't know. All, all of reality is under attack. Every facet. 
you go outside. It's an, I'm at the point where I'm looking at the sky saying it's fake. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm big on chemtrails and shit. And the other day, our sky was lit up. Yep. And the so next that- day, the next day, it was just this big gray thing. And I'm just like, oh, yeah everything's fake i'm like okay are they dosing me with more chemicals or are they hiding it for the interdimensional aliens i don't know i don't know yeah okay i sound crazy but um that's how i think because I, I, I think i'm right though you know this, crazy is, what, this is why top loves to loves you so much. i think it's, it's crazy it's crazy not to think that way <laughs> yes yes you're right People walk around like they're like, I'm red pilled. It's like, you don't even know. Like, there's fallen nah, angels so. right now. They're in our technology. They're fucking. This be is like, why, be, this is yeah. why I love kicking it with you yes. three because I'm like, yes. I am definitely the most sane amongst us. <laughs> <laughs> and any other, any other period of my life, I am by far the craziest person. Yo, in, in one year, you'll be where we are now. <laughs> yeah, or exactly. maybe a month, maybe a month. And <laughs> exactly. we'll be on some other crazy shit. Yeah, we'll be, I'll be raptured. Me- I think me and Quinn are like, there's fucking giants walking around here and like pterodactyls. I'm like, I told you. I think me and Quinn are on a similar level. I think he's just more careful with his wording. We're like, yeah, my fat meter's going off. Yeah, I'll yeah, say yeah. what it is, Jose and Clint. You guys are just cucked out. You're afraid to say, you know, you know what it is. You feel it in your in your chest. I feel it. You I feel it, but is. I don't say it with a declaratory fashion because I'm not I, certain. I say it straight out. Like I know, I not, know. You say I, it straight out. I love it. Like this is not real. <laughs> Whatever's going on here is fake. Something. Well, yeah, let, let me also up. let me add one more thing too. As soon as like the the temperature off this thing died down. I don't know if this if Shane experienced the same thing, but like I got no contact about this at all. It was like it was like the bot farm had been turned Gone. off mm-hmm. and yes. it was over. <clears throat> it was like the op was done. And that's to me that just added to my conviction that it was very uh yes. inorganic. Dude, you know what? You reminded I, yep. me of Jose, remember that dude with the like he had like a the dog, the little dog. Oh, I was cartoon? just about to bring him up. Yeah. But yeah go ahead explain that because yeah, I, I don't remember so his name funny. but he was one of the guys who i think he was one who kind of like put out the video clan or something but he was like one of the major things in the shit stirring and i actually i don't actually you know i kind of had a back and forth with me actually seems like a legit guy i think maybe maybe he just got sucked into it and i, I think he kind of did have legit questions but i think this is kind of this influencing thing where you get all these bots following you it kind of gasses you up you're like yeah i'm so fucking right and like <laughs> there, there like, was a lot of real people involved yeah. in it for sure yeah mm-hmm. and i think oh, i yeah. saw he got up, he like had thousands of followers. Like I was looking at his like profile, seeing how the numbers he was doing for a minute. And then like now he'll do like a post and it'll be like hours later, two likes. And you're yeah. like, and he, he's aware of it. He was yeah. posting. He was like, I just don't understand. Like I was posting about Eliza Blue was getting 7,000 likes and now nothing. It's like, yeah, bro. He was trying to point hey, to some attention. other bot thing. And I'm like, you don't think at all anything yep. about the, the, the major thing you went through had anything to do with it. The moment after like everything was said and done, the stories were gone. The addendum was out. It was like the next day, everything was gone. The sky cleared. Um, I still got some people, some stragglers. Like I can't really post anything without it coming of up. Of course, of course. You know? yeah. You're and great. I, I check all your posts. So for block for for block suggestions, I don't block anybody. <laughs> I don't block oh, anybody. That's like, crazy. Oh, you're, you're doing I, it wrong. I know. I keep them all there because <laughs> for me, for me, it's like I'm I'm making a museum of the depraved. <laughs> you know, so people some people can go back and look. You know, and also those people, they're my biggest fans. I can't do shit. Without them I'm, wanting to you say block something. them, that that makes it even worse. Now they go fucking unhinged, and but you, no. they, you can't see it. it's great, dude. And then they just I, draw people to your shit. <laughs> I think I think some of them are like that, but I think a lot of them want the block. 
You know, like there was there was oh, a few a people, lot of people do. there was a few people who were like, well, I guess you're gonna block me now. I was like, nah, I like you. <laughs> I was like, no, nah, I actually love you. I right. love you. I, just I don't want to yes. interrupt you. <laughs> one of my favorite things is whenever I get into a back and forth with somebody, and then they I, like, I'm like, I've had enough of like the 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 discourse has, has devolved to a level where it's not entertaining to me. I'll block them. And then I'll check their profile like maybe a day later. And a lot of the time they'll take a screenshot and they'll be like, blocked by top. One guy actually put me at his, as his banner, which I took, a, then I took a screenshot of that. That's awesome. Anyway, I say all this to say, Chris Carr, I'm willing to make amends. I am sorry. I didn't, I didn't understand anything that was going on. But yeah, apparently Shane's the homie with you. So I'm reaching on Olive Branch, but he did take a screenshot of me blocking him, which made me laugh. <laughs> and I was Chris. Like, I'm, just, I'm just trolling you, bro. But Yo, whatever. Yeah. Chris, you, hey, Chris, you guys are yeah. all good people. Chris is great people. Like I was yeah. like, I was watching you guys get at it. I hit him up privately. I was like, I like these guys. Did let's, I win? Let's, did I win? Let's, uh, Shane, did I win? I don't know. I don't know what happened. There was no, in my mind, I was like, I'm not even, win there's no winners. Yeah. Like, I'm the winner because I'm, I'm going to hook these guys up and be like, we're friends because we should be, we should be friends, you know? But he, look, I was saying this to Jose earlier. I don't know what it was. I think he might've saw you criticizing Tim at some point. And yeah. a lot of us can be a little defensive too much. So at times I don't yeah. really get into it on Twitter like that, unless it's about me person, but even then I don't really get into it, you know, but hey, some we, of us, the, the gang can all relate. We all fucking go hard in the pain. Yeah. Of each other. You know? Yeah. So, and like some of us don't know, I mean, there were some people I saw fighting kind of through me for Eliza, not you guys, but just some other crazy people who had also been on IRL <clears throat> and that shit was getting crazy. I was enjoying that kind of, cause they were like actually like malicious terrible monsters i but, know exactly um, who you're talking about i can't imagine who who it would be yeah. i'll say i'll say one of those people though i haven't said this publicly one of those people if it's the person you're thinking of they sent me a wonderful message a wonderful dm almost like a, a valentine's day date they wanted me on their podcast on valentine's day i unfortunately had a date with my wife but i was very it was very nice of them to hit me up and wanted i want me to be with them on valentine's day but this person in particular they were getting uh, into it with a lot of my friends <clears throat> but back to you and chris Chris, I think was getting defensive. Top, you're the chaos agent. I took it to the next level because I took it to the next level, and I was just like, "Oh man!" And then pictures of his kids and shit. Yeah, top's whole top's whole like philosophy is like, if you start shit, I'm gonna finish it. So like, don't start shit. And honestly, like that's kind of how that's kind it's that's kind of how I approach the social media world too. Like, I don't really start shit with people, but I definitely try and rip people's hearts out if they come for me. So yeah, like. I kind of, I kind of appreciate it, and like, I don't think Chris is a bad guy. I think yeah. that he was, he was riding for his boss basically, yeah. or his friend, and, yeah, and Top was, you know, it's just, it's, it it's just a negative feedback loop too, because like, I have, I have done pretty well with like the following of just being vicious. Like, I was, I was kind of like, I was, I was the young kid like on the AOL chat, like talking to some girls like ASL, like where's you, and I was like, are you going to college? Like, this is not working. So I, <laughs> now I'm just like savage. Just like, all right, it's kind of mean, but it, I'm sorry, I can't go away from it now. That's just I love nah, it. Now I just nah, I love I love just imagining up. top like doing yard work and then like checking his fucking mentions and being like, oh, Chris said some other shit. Like it could be like ten <laughs> seconds to think of the most vicious thing, and he <laughs> sends it. And he goes right back to his yard work, smiling all big as fuck. I'm lighting you up. <laughs> That's, that's what I imagine you doing all day, every day. It's like yard work uh, and talking shit. It's so funny. I was just shaking my head the whole time, like, good God. <laughs> what, what, else way, 
Okay. Uh, real, real quick, the the dude that I think you're talking about, Shane, uh, he had followed me like a couple weeks, like right. Oop. Sorry, it's a feedback. That's me. Oh, okay. Um, he had followed me like a, a week prior when I had gone on IRL, I think, and then he had gone on like the week after me, and I was like, oh, cool, I'll follow him back. You know, he's got a lot of followers. He's been on IRL. Like maybe we yeah. can we can. <clears throat> match up at some point yep. and then and then i just see him relentlessly going after you publicly and like <laughs> yeah. in the most in the most vicious way imaginable yeah. and i and i was like well, all right block and, yeah you know it's just i just oh don't... are we talking about that turtle dude <laughs> is that his name yeah i don't know well, I, I just see him and he looks very turtle now we're done now he's gonna show up in the chat yeah um, i don't know i don't know I who out. it is I, I don't even know his name, honestly. Too. I forgot his name already. But like, just trust me. <laughs> like, a, after you've gone through the the crucible that is a online mob, you just you you just want your fucking your circle of whatever to be as tight as possible. And I was I, like, I can't have this guy in my. I love those mobs. You get to see that was my favorite one. Yeah. Yeah. he's my favorite one. Oh, really? I respect yeah. it though because it's it's a huge grift. He was like, listen, I want Shane's job, and I was like, yeah. yeah. I was like, okay, right, yeah, we have this way to do it. Person. I was like, him. listen, you're not a good writer, though, because I read some of your stuff. And he's like, well, you should read it. And I was like, I don't have the fucking time to read more of your stuff. It's garbage. But I was, I was, I was going back and forth with him, honestly, because I know he's a real person. Yeah. And then he, he devolved into more like like just name calling. And I was like, but that's not actually true. And then, then I said, you know what? Turn on Top Lops. And, and then I just fucking lit him up a little bit. Yeah. No, you know, the ones I appreciate the most out of it who are who are relentless on me was when uh, Frank... And, and Chrissy made the shirt based on one of my phrases. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I was yeah. like, that's dope. The shirt is dope. The phrase is dope. I wrote it. Yeah, and yeah, like, yeah. hey, they get to use it. That's amazing. I was happy for them. You know, that was yeah. like a, an achievement. Did uh, they send you the me. shirt? Hell no, they didn't send me the shirt. She fucking That was the other thing that bummed me out about this whole ordeal. And I know we should probably move on to something else. But just the fact that like I did, as, as Shane was describing earlier, I saw some of my, you know, what I consider to be friends that were like, really deep in this motherfucker and i was like this is all so silly like how how are we up against like the most totalitarian american government we've ever right. experienced and like this is this is what we're doing like right like, really eliza, eliza blue suck dick in 2003 or was it 2005 <laughs> like, 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 it was like you know that we're all being spied on 24 yeah, 7 and they're, like, just, they're just doing gain of function research on the next thing <laughs> yeah yeah like, oh, God. God. we're like was she was she trafficked or wasn't she i'm like i right. don't care right right what are you working on next can you can you enlighten us you got anything cool you, you're any what's projects? going on uh, with yeah this part two yeah. of the book man what are you what are you covering in it what's going to be in um it? yeah so that's what's next the the next inverted world book will be out march 21st the pre-orders are open now um you can go to ghost of the civil war.com to find that pre-order. That's just for the, the Kindle version. This is my like six months that I spent in and out of Washington, Georgia, going down there looking at first for the Confederate gold that went missing in this town, because that's where um, Jefferson Davis dissolved the Confederacy. So right after the Confederates burned Richmond down, right as uh, the union was going to take it over, they bounced, went to Washington, Georgia, eventually with two trains, one with Jefferson Davis and his uh, Confederate cabinet, the other with the, the, the gold and the Confederate treasury. And they wound up in this weird little town of Washington, Georgia. And uh, no one knows what happens to the gold, but somehow some of it went missing. And there's a bunch of theories that I explore in the book, but 
it's even it, it goes beyond the gold because by my third night in that town on my like yeah my first trip down there on my third night i meet a woman who's possessed who tells me she's possessed by a demon i uh i see this crazy ufo and i've never really seen like a legit ufo like i've seen shit and like i don't know what that is but this thing was weird man i talked to meteorologists down there everyone people who are skeptics no one knows what these things are that just they do this like sign of the cross in the sky again and again and again and again and they disappear uh you know i i talk to like people who um claim to speak to ghosts so it kind of becomes this whole idea of um how fucked up trauma what trauma does to people and the land in terms of the paranormal religion uh and the way they see themselves because this town went through the bloodiest battle of the American revolution, which happened on Valentine's day, the battle of Kettle Creek. Then it went through the civil war. Sherman didn't hit that town, but a lot of like marauders hit up that town. And then the bull evil happened, the depression, constant fires. And, uh, and now it's just kind of the sad industrial town with a lot of kids who look like little Pete. Remember that rapper? with the face tattoos yeah, and they're just like shooting heroin in their toes and giving themselves face tattoos like jailhouse style with like, you know, the, the, the battery from a remote control car and a pen zapping your face. So that's the book, <laughs> you know, basically is my investigation into the whole gold thing. It's like, it's my favorite book and that's my fourth book. And I love this book. It was, uh, it was crazy. It, the last three things I've written, I've gotten death threats on. And this one, was the only one I got from like a, a legit person in real life who wanted to skin me like a dog uh, for, for trying to ask his girlfriend questions about the demon that was possessing her. Wow. wow. Do you, <laughs> so do you yeah. think, do you think that like uh, areas on the earth that have a lot of like a, a murder trauma, like, it could be from houses or like battle sites, like Gettysburg comes to mind. Um, you think that that kind of like invites like weird stuff to go on? Yeah, I do. I think either trauma of the land or of a person either makes people of that place or the individual believe that they're having paranormal experiences or it's a portal for those things to come through and fuck with you. So when I was down there, uh, I, I found out about a hotel in the middle of town that was supposedly built on top of a graveyard where the ghost that this woman said she was possessed by was buried. So I wanted to go to that graveyard. So I booked a room in this hotel. Uh, it's a great hotel called the, I think it's called the Franklin. And I go down there in the morning. I wake up I go down and talk to the concierge. It's this young lady. I'm looking for this supposed hatch door into the graveyard. And she's like, oh, it's right here. Opens this door. The smell of an old graveyard comes up. And I, right as I walk down, for whatever reason, she tells me she's a witch. And what the I, fuck, I, man? You know, and, and she's and she I look at where she's sitting and she's got Anubis, the Egyptian god oh, Anubis. God damn it, dude. That she worships. I'd be like, I'm the fuck out of here. And and she's in mortuary school, and that's why she worship <laughs> worships Anubis. Check and she also considers herself a Christian. <laughs> so she's a Christian witch. But like wow. so we're all talking about trauma Some and you know <laughs> yo yeah, this just, this whole this whole situation was so bizarre did you guys like, hear if her moon was aligned <laughs> no i should have white I should bitch have, shit. come on i uh as i'm talking to her it starts sorry pouring. shane these guys are laughing 
but this no he just said it was the moon aligned and yeah, Shane was like i, I should have checked and i'm thinking like there was a full moon a couple of days ago bro yeah These i guys saw don't know no in a month it, or yeah. a year in a month or a year they'll be they'll be talking about witches and we'll be on to the next thing uh yeah. but but no these... you guys will be in a fucking padded room in, in a year <laughs> i might be in one right now they let me out just for this podcast <laughs> shane's in an insane asylum yeah. and we're all like taking him yeah. seriously yeah, yeah. we're so crazy <laughs> yes that's probably true but um no <laughs> But when I was down there talking to all these witches, by the end of that conversation, I four witches had converged in that room. And now I'm talking to all these crazy witches. And we're talking about I know. I know. It sounds, out of here. it sounds crazy. It sounds crazy. But but they 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 believe, as I believe, that trauma can either affect the way you see the paranormal shit or it, it invites stuff in. But where I was going with it is these witches no different witches there's there's a whole bunch of witches not these witches other witches i was talking to they do blood magic and they go to that battlefield kettle creek the the revolutionary battle because it was supposed to be soaked in blood and they charge their crystals there and like they go out there on a full moon and they they're like we're gonna take all this dark energy and uh and the girl who was possessed by the demons one of those witches so what I thought was just going to be like a, a normal little article about this weird lost gold turned into this whole crazy book about oh. um crazy shit. So, but Look, yeah, I don't buy into any of that shit. I'm still going to fucking devour your book. So <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> you real. will see me be as skeptical in that book about the witches as I was with Eliza <laughs> and everything it. else. So I, I got, I, I got to get I'm like that story. too. I got to tell yeah. a story. All right. Oh, so yeah. I never have. You're a witch. I fucking knew it. <laughs> I'm yes. a warlock, you piece of shit. Uh, so I, I had never bought into this like buildings or anything like containing some sort of energy. I just I I've been in real estate for a long time. I've gone to a lot of houses. I've never gotten any vibes. Nothing. And then 2009, 10 comes around, and the market's in the tank. And I'm like, I'm 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 house hunting, and I end up buying this house in Escondido. But right before I was I was like going to close on that, I. Uh, I was actually presented with a, a loan file where someone wanted to get a hard money loan to go and acquire this property in Fallbrook, California. And I drive out there to do my underwriting and I, and I go to the home. It's a mansion in the middle of nowhere, but it's up on top of these mountains in Fallbrook. Fallbrook is like, basically it, it's like just North of San Diego County. And it's, it's basically like Ireland is how it feels like. It's just <laughs> these, like these rolling, beautiful green Hills. It's fucking, it's a really cool place, but it's out in the middle of nowhere. So like you wouldn't really want to live there unless you got a big family or something. Right. But it's this giant fucking mansion. And it's got these, these uh, like panoramic uh, windows. It's just a spectacular home. I walk in there. Basically the, the only thing that needs to be done is the deck needs to be finished but otherwise the house is just spectacular like hmm. beyond my wildest dreams like dream home type of spot and it's and it's on the market four hundred thousand dollars which is fucking nothing in in san diego right. like, yeah. it's nothing this house this house should be worth <clears throat> at a minimum 1.2 million so hmm. i i know immediately that there's something fucked up <laughs> like there's something <laughs> fucked up about this house yeah so i start walking around the house and i don't know anything about it at the time so this is really important to the story. I don't know what's fucked up. I'm I'm touring all of the rooms and I get to the to I mean I get to the last bedroom and I open the door and it's a pink room. So I know right away it's like a little girl's room. And and I look at the walls and the walls have like brown like footprints all over them. And and I have a chill go down my spine that I I'm literally getting as I retell this story. Hmm. And and I still know nothing about it. 
but I just know that this room has something horrific that has transpired. And and I leave and I, I go back home and I'm like, you know, yeah, I do this loan. I got to lend 250 on this fucking mansion, you know, but at the same time, I'd kind of like to buy it. You know, like I tried, I like, I, maybe I'll just reject this loan and go and make an offer myself, you know? <laughs> and, and, uh, and I reach out to the the selling agent and I say, you know, is it negotiable? I start to like <clears throat> negotiate and they go, well, look, I have to disclose something. And I was yeah. like, all right, they go, uh, you know, I, because I'm the underwriter. So like they, they didn't really have to disclose it to me, but they decide to. And cause I'm not the buyer, I'm the underwriter. So they tell me that this house was a dream project of a man. And he was building it for his family and his wife cheated on him and left. And she, she left with the kids and the man went into his little girl's room and he hung himself. Oof. And, and that was the footprints that I saw on the walls was like his flailing while he was hanging. And I was oh like, God. I was like, that is the craziest thing. Cause I fucking felt it in my, in my soul when I walked mm -hmm. into that room <clears throat> and it's just, like that, that experience was the only time I've ever been convinced. Like, all right, there's no, nah. if it, so if you, you go out, if you go out, story, it, cause there's a little breezy in there. Is that, is that what you're saying? What, what's that? <laughs> so you just hold this whole story. Just cause there's a little breezy in the house. Like, no, dude, on. no, yeah, I'm telling you, like <laughs> if you, if you, if you saw it, it, it is, it is <laughs> such a poignant memory. I don't have a yeah. good memory. I do not have a good memory. Yeah. I can still remember like the hue of the paint <clears throat> and the, the footprints that are on the walls and, and looking out yep. the glass and seeing what he would have seen as he, as he took his last breaths, mm -hmm. or, you know, like, I think, I think, I think places can be haunted for sure. And I don't mean just like in your typical ghost sense, but like they uh, absorb trauma of, of something like that. That I grew up room in a house absorbed that was, trauma. I oh, for sure. You. I grew up in a house that was built in the 1700s. So lots of people died in that house. You know, and someone, a kid was shot dead by his own brother in that house in 1979, a few years before my family moved in. Um, and like, we always thought something was weird about that house. We didn't know that story until I was a teenager. Mm -hmm. And then someone told us, they're like, oh, some Jimmy was shot dead in the house. We'd always just talk to a ghost nonchalantly in that house. Like, oh, you know, if something feels off. But then they were like, oh, it's a young boy. And then my, we just kind of adopted the ghost boy into our family. We we're like, all right, sit down with us. We, we still talk about Jimmy. I know we're weird, dude. No, but, um, were you able to like see it, speak to it, hear it? No, 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 no. Okay. But but there was just always a feeling even before we knew okay, like, okay. Jimmy. Like we just yeah. like, you know that, remember old TVs? Like we had an old Magnavox. And if you were on like channel three on the black screen, you could hear like that slight buzz in your brain. Like if it was off. That's how it felt in that house all the time, even when it, all TVs were off, off. You know, yeah. it was just like this type of electrical thing happening that I, you know, would now think is coming from some other realm. Who knows? But that's how that house was. And, you know, I, I think places there's a theory that I don't know if I really believe in, but I wrote about it for the first Inverted World book. Uh, I think it's called Stone Tape Theory. You guys know about that? that trauma like can be absorbed by like certain types of crystals or stones mm -hmm. and that people think you know, some type of entity can be trapped in them. I looked at it as, as possible proof at the time of simulation theory, but in like the OG sense of simulation theory, where if we are in a computer simulation, trauma could be absorbed into like the technology of our world. And then in the zeros and ones is where the, like uh, the ghosts are trapped. But uh, people, people believe that yeah. and there's people out there who, who look into it and honestly explore it.
like there's like like in an old victorian home there like there might be a fireplace and a woman in a victorian skirt just constantly lighting the fire every so often it's like yep. that's like she's imprinted in that place there that's yep. kind of what he's talking about well, yep. all right I guys we're at an hour 45 <laughs> and i'm getting fucking tired so uh i need to start wrapping. jose we're trying to soften we're your pineal just, gland yeah, yeah we're just starting yeah, no. we're gonna, yeah we're gonna get the fluoride out. No, I'd love to. I'd love to stay and talk some more, but I am a working man. Got shit to do. I like yeah, to do stuff tonight. Uh, Let's do it. Want to let us know uh, if you got any other projects? I and mean, we just talked about the book. I don't know if you got any other pieces you're working on soon or anything you want um, to promote. I got. Yeah, the 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 pre order for the Kindle book is up uh, right now. Ghostofthecivilwar.com and uh, the paperback and 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 the ebook will be out March 21st. I got a few stories I'm working on right now. I'm kind of keeping undercover because it's so crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and I've learned my lesson. Yeah, don't um, say a word, dude. <laughs> I'm not telling anybody. But yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm busy. A lot of shit's going on. I'm, I'm, but I'm really excited to get this book out there. And uh, I'm just happy to talk to you guys, man. Thank you guys for having me on. Oh, Hell yeah, yeah, thanks brother. for coming. Hell yeah, brother. Uh, yeah, Clint? Yeah, uh, my episode with Richard Booth dropped today. Uh, I gave a very lovely plug to Mr. Jose Galasan of No Way Jose. And obviously, if you want a marathon deep dive, you should be sticking with No Way Jose. If you want a truncated, very uh, succinct version of events, I, I tried to do as best I could in about 75 minutes. Uh, that'll be on Liberty Lockdown now. You can go find yeah. it on Rumble or Odyssey or wherever else. Thanks I think for you have like me, 10 man. minutes left. It, it, it's good. You covered all the major bases. Obviously, it goes way deeper, but you know, you hit a, hit a lot of the good stuff. For the, I don't for think the you, time I had, yeah. I covered a lot. I don't think you guys touched on Strassmeyer. That'd be the only other thing I'd probably want to squeeze in there. But I mean, you're squeezing so much in such a tight little spot. But yeah. uh, hell yeah. <laughs> Giggity. Uh, top. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, top Lobster. I just got to 15,000 on Twitter. Nice. Um, Go to toplobster.com. You can check out No Way Jose merch and uh, Liberty Locked on all that stuff. Uh, Podcastmerch.com. That's for, there you go. We're on the gas digital stuff. And and I'm going to be, uh, they they bullied me. They pressured me. So I'm, I'm going to be starting my own podcast. I'm the only libertarian without one, but that will change soon. And the topic will be fairly obvious if you paid attention to the last 30 minutes of this show. Thank you, guys. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Looking yeah, forward the, to it. This is, uh, this is the No Way Jose show. If I'm a YouTube, I'll major your audio podcast Odyssey as well. Yeah, make sure you go to toploss.com. Pick up that Terrence Yiki didn't kill himself shirt. Uh, I think you've probably Spread done the numbers in that one. Hell yeah, keep it, keep it moving. Uh, I hope to at some point I'm kind of pulling the Babe Ruth and pointing. If I get next time I get on a large platform, it will be Kenneth trying to do didn't kill himself. I actually just wrote a piece on that. I'm waiting to see who wants to accept it for publication. Uh, I'm not going to say who who's sitting at right now. Cause I feel like that just seems like bad business. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, I do want to give a big shout out to Shane. Just kind of attest to how awesome he is. He, he, I didn't even ask him. He reached out to me when he saw I was doing the piece and asked to, to review it. So uh, there's there's lines there that I think I straight up like kind of took from his suggestion. He's popped in there. Awesome. Uh, yeah, I straight up plagiarized from people that I sent that I asked to look it over. You know, so no, no disrespect to you, yeah. Jose, but you ought to let Shane write the entire thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's a goddamn wizard. Thank you, but he did a great job. Uh, no, good. for real. I, I would 100% be okay job. with like take this and just put whatever flair you want it. You can write your name on it. I don't give a shit. <laughs> Like, but yeah, I'm just trying to get that out. Uh, I, I think at the very least I'll get it out to a sizable, but I, I'm kind of at a spot where maybe I can get to a very large audience. So I don't know. We'll cool. see. We'll see what happens. So, uh, but yeah, I uh, wrote it on the Kenneth trying to do because uh, we kind of got our foot in the door with Yiki. I'd kind of like to make Kenneth blow up now that Yiki did. And then kind of once people start realizing how many people died, Kenneth trying to do, there was like four people died in connection to him alone. 
Like it's nuts. There was a fucking videographer who fucking was willing to attest, uh, you know, for like that. He basically, they, they deleted the video. He magically died. There was two inmates that heard screaming and sounds that sound like torture. They magically died. God, there's somebody else. Oh, uh, the person that he kind of looked like, which was Richard Lee Guthrie, he died like very shortly after him. They, they, that was apparently who they were actually looking for. Uh, mm. And he died of a suicide right before he said he was going to blow. He was going to work with people and you know get the real story out. And then whoop, he died. It, it's wild. So I'm just trying so to. Crazy. Once people start seeing, all, I, I trust. Once people see this information, it will just. They're just. It's undeniable. There's so many deaths, so much fuckery around it. It's just, it's a nuts story. But uh, do you I have any say opinion as to who John Doe Two is? I, I, I don't think it's one of the major like uh, figures that we know of in the story. I think it's kind of some hmm. other person, you know, okay. that you know that. So I, I so basically, I, I don't know, but yeah. I think it's likely another individual that was. I'm, never I'm in the same boat. I was just, yeah. I was just curious yeah. if you had an opinion. But uh, yeah, no. The, with that, I guess that's it. Unless someone has some final words before we out of here. But it was uh, yeah, fun. like, comment, and subscribe right now. Don't be a bitch. Support our fucking lives. Thanks. Yeah, please, please. Yo. I like that. All right, we're oh. out. Boop, boop. Peace. Peace. And.